0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a fan of the Smug Film podcast, do yourself a favor and head on over to patreon.com/smugfilm. That's p a t r e o n.com/smugfilm where we've got a bunch of great rewards for you if you donate to the show. Just $1 a month gets you access to a library of over 20 bonus mini episodes of the Smug Film podcast. These mini-episodes will never be on iTunes or anywhere else. The only way to get them is by donating through Patreon. And that's not all. You also get streaming copies of my two feature films, Shredder and Rehearsals. All that for just a dollar a month. If you donate $5 a month, you get all that, plus we'll do a plug of whatever you want on one episode a month. Your Twitter handle, your website, your whatever. If you donate $10 a month, we'll plug whatever you want on every single episode of the show. It's an incredible deal. They're all incredible deals. So once again, that's patreon.com slash smugfilm, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash smugfilm. Head on over there today and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host Cody Clark. With me today, live via Skype, is Carl Garcia. Hello. Good to have you back. Good to be made over
1: with my mic being used properly now.
0: Isn't that amazing? Doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't if you're listening at home, doesn't Carl sound a lot better? Yes. Well, it turns so out, concerned. you know, because maybe this might be helpful information for uh, people at home. You know, maybe they have a similar problem. You know, Carl's been talking into this fancy dancy microphone and uh, <laughs> well, how much was it? It was like 30 bucks or something like 60. All right. 60 bucks. That's a lot higher than zero bucks because Carl was using the old zero buck laptop mic unbeknownst to him. And here's how we figured this out. Apparently, you know, I I something just a, a lightning bolt in my head said, have Carl tap on his microphone. And you know what happened when he tapped on the mic? You want to you want to tell the folks at home what happened when he tapped on the mic? Nothing. Nothing. And that 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 nothing meant the world. That meant everything because that meant he was <laughs> cracked not, the code. Yeah, that was the the code cracking that was the that was the smoking gun, the indisputable evidence that Carl his microphone was not going to me. It was going to nothing. He was using the laptop mic even though he was talking into this microphone that was plugged in. So we went into Skype preferences. We fixed everything. We just selected the the proper mic. And I swear to you, it was like in an 80s movie where like the nerd takes off the glasses and he's a hunk. Listen to this man's hunky voice now. I'm a hunk now. Look, it's so clear. Crystal clear. Bench press some nerds. Yeah, you are. Stomp some books. Yeah. You're going to be a prom king now. Oh,
1: yeah. Before I'm take that little plastic crown, I'm gonna eat it,
0: yeah, and absorb its powers. This is this is uh, can't buy me love right now. You're Patrick Dempsey. Does he eat the crown? No, but this yeah. uh, similar thing occurs. He's a nerd, and then you know, he becomes a uh, Mr. Cool Man. So it's it's good to have uh, Mr. Cool Man himself, Carl Garcia, on the show. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, before we get into anything major. I do want to. Uh, I I want to explain Jennifer Connelly vape tricks because that's something <laughs> that was brought up on a previous episode. Uh, actually, the previous episode, not a previous episode. The the episode immediately preceding this one.
1: Can I tell you something, Cody? Yes. I don't even remember how we arrived at Jennifer Connelly vape tricks. Well, so you're I do. So explaining
0: it I'll, to me. I'll do I the- Can't remember <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll refresh your memory. And I'll uh, fresh uh, the listeners at home's memory because I uh, can't refresh it because they don't know what we were talking about. But basically, when I said Carl Garcia, you know, sometimes sometimes the guests on the Smug Film Podcast, they'll say some some silly thing instead of saying here or saying hi or saying great to be here, or, you know. Being uh, glad in some way. Sometimes they'll just uh, take the opportunity to troll me in some in some minor capacity. And and Carl Garcia said Jennifer Connelly vape tricks, didn't you? Yes. Yes. And uh, that was actually in reference to something we were talking about before we started recording, which I will now explain. I was talking about Jennifer Connelly, which I am wont to do sometimes because Jennifer Connelly is 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 a beautiful woman. Can we can we safely say that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful woman. Very talented actress. Very good actress. Very beautiful woman. And I was casually speaking on uh, the subject of Jennifer Connelly, and I brought up career opportunities. Actually, as I'm telling this, I'm remembering that I'm telling this wrong. Let me rephrase this. (laughs) Neither of us remember how we got here. (laughs) I now do remember how we got here. Okay. (laughs) We were talking about Carl... uh, were you looking for like a career? What? How did we get on careers? I don't know. <laughs> you something with a job though, right? And I and I, and I in, said like in career opportunities. No, wait. Oh yeah, you were talking. Okay, yeah, you did mention
1: that there's a movie called Career Opportunities with Jennifer Connelly, and then
0: whatever whatever the inciting incident was, I said like in career opportunities, and you thought I was speaking like about life. You thought I was just talking about like yeah, man. You know, like, oh yeah, that's right. yeah. When you're out there trying to, you know, have a career and opportunities, like you, that's how you responded. You're like, ah, yeah. Mm. And I was like, wait a second, have you not seen career opportunities? You had never heard of it. Penelope had never seen uh, career opportunities. The seminal, and I say seminal in the proper t- proper sense of the word, and I say it in like the dirty sense because Jennifer Connelly is gorgeous in that film. Absolutely beautiful in uh, Career Opportunities. And there is a scene in Career Opportunities. Those listening at home, I I promise you, I'm going to get to the, the explaining of the vape tricks. It's going to take the whole hour. No, we're very close. We're, we're closer than you would think. In the film, Jennifer Connelly is riding one of them little hobby horse, kind of put a quarter in, and then you can ride it. Basically, it's it's uh, Frank Whaley and Jennifer Connelly. They're stuck in a Target overnight, a Target superstore. And... Uh, she is riding one of them little hobby horses, putting the quarter in, riding that, and with her beautiful, bountiful uh, friends uh, on her chest, you know, I'm trying to tone it down for the kids at home listening. I know, I know a lot of people listen with their kids, maybe. I have no idea. Do you think people listen to this show with their kids? I've got my kids right here. What are, what are your kids' names?
1: Uh, Braylon. Braylon. Quinoa. Quinoa. Rainier Werner Fassbenderer.
0: Are Those three? Those are the triplets, right? Rainier, Werner, and Fassbender? Those are your triplets? Yeah. And then the last one is Mulder and Scully. And that's one
1: word, right? That's one word. Decide. It just felt unfair. I didn't want to gender the kid either, so Mulder and Scully.
0: You know, that's very progressive of you. I got to tip my hat. Naming your kid Mulder and Scully... And uh, I, I think that's a, a, a wise choice going forward as we become more... Oh, and more... then
1: the, we got a new one on the way, Jennifer Connolly vape tricks. Yes. going to be my sixth child.
0: Damn, you got a lot of children. Is there a woman involved in this at all? No. No? These are just kids you acquire? They just come out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cracked I mean, on, yeah, because yeah, you, you, you're you basically pulling these names out of your ass. Of so, you, right so you might as well pull, pull the actual kids out of your ass too. <laughs> um, so back to... Uh, Jennifer Connelly, she's riding a hobby horse. It's going to take us the whole hour. <laughs> Penelope, now we're, we're close. I promise you we're close. Jennifer Connelly with her bountiful, her her, her two little, well, not two little, two big friends uh, in front of her, her on her chest, bouncing on a hobby horse. Penelope brought up that there is a, a sort of fetish on the internet, on YouTube or somewhere else where people take videos of themselves riding these hobby horses. Apparently that's a that's a bonafide fetish. You can look it up. That's a thing that people do. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah, probably. That, that, it's what we were told, and I believe it because it's the internet, and anything's possible. So that's a thing. And I was saying, you know what, Jennifer Connolly doing it. I could get into any pretty pretty much any fetish. You know, if she she was riding the hobby horse, I was into that. So that made that was like my way in. You know. That was my way into the hobby horse riding fetish. Jennifer Connolly doing it, and then you brought up, spouted it right out. Came quickly into your head, <laughs> Jennifer Connolly vape tricks oh,
2: because
0: yeah. there there are people that do vape tricks on the internet. Stuff with the uh, well, not it's not smoke, but stuff with the uh, vapor and stuff. They do little tricks, right? Yeah. So Jennifer Connolly doing vape tricks. You know, I'm on board. I think anybody would be on board. So that is. That is the, the full explanation of Jennifer Connelly vape tricks. If you, if you heard that phrase on the last episode and you were racking your brain, how that could possibly be an inside joke for anything, how, how we could have ever (laughs) been talking about anything that would get to that before we started recording. Anyway, that is the, the full explanation. I hope that was worth it. I hope you're listening at home and, and you feel like your time was not wasted. This is the worst shaggy dog story I've ever been put through, and I was part of it initially. <laughs> and now we have to explain the shaggy dog story, don't we? Uh, uh, nah, they can just wiki that, I'm sure. Is there a wiki for shaggy dog story? I'm sure. Well, I'm sure maybe. if you are curious what a shaggy dog story is, please please look it up on your own time. All right, now you have a gripe. Before we get yeah. into anything else, we got, we got there's an airing of grievances that needs to occur, correct? I got to slam down here. Carl, Carl's not, Carl's not too happy with a certain individual Carl's. I don't
1: know if I'm I'm not happy, but I got to call him out. He's a little,
0: uh, he's perturbed. Would you say perturbed?
1: I I guess. I.
0: What what happened there? Did you drop a vase? No, that was me. I I think I banged a bowl. If I wanted a, a sound of a vase being like knocked into or dropped, that would have been the perfect vase knocking into or vase vase, if you will. Uh, knocking into sound effect i think that would have been uh spot on so what Um, it was a bowl or something yes and for those (laughs) listening not not a uh, not a drug paraphernalia cereal bowl because i ate cheerios which is not a sponsor but you know we'll we'll shout them out anyway cheerios i guess snack that smiles back cheerios yeah there you go and, uh, where, where are we? You got a you got a you got grie- a grievance. You is, got a grievance. The Castle episode. Do you, do you have a grievance or not? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to get to this. I'm going to call him out now. John
1: D'Amico. Jonathan. I think it's, a- I
0: think it's John D'Amico. John D'Amico. John D'Amico. You, Jonathan D'Amico. You got an issue with, uh, Johnny boy. Got to call you out here. Hmm.
1: I watched a film you recommended to me. It was a very good film called Devil's Doorway. I'll probably you, you, talk. About you're
0: speaking it to John at this point, right? Yes. you're not speaking to me,
1: John D'Amico. I told you that I watched the movie Devil's Doorway and that I enjoyed it. And you responded to me. Let me read this. This is exactly what you said. You said I've spent maybe eight years recommending that movie to everyone, and you are the only one to watch it. You owe me a goddamn anime, John D'Amico. Yes, you owe me a goddamn anime. Breach hashtag John owes me an
0: anime Mm. and let's get that trending (laughs) it's a little long for a hashtag but let's get it trending anyway enjoyed this film I enjoyed
1: it so much I'm going to talk about it on the show and try to spread the word about it watch the damn anime I'm going to give you money to watch the damn anime watch the damn anime
0: you're ready to pony up the bucks this isn't this isn't like you're just like oh man watch no you're like I am going to pay you to watch and what was the anime you wanted him to watch uh Castle in the Sky. Yeah, Castle in the Sky. I this is about as by the way, this is a long safely. standing thing. Yeah. You go back months and months in the podcast, back yeah. to when Carl initially was like John D'Amico, because John D'Amico is is vehemently uh opposed to anime, not interested I in it whatsoever. <laughs> there are look, there's plenty of uh, reasons for him to not be into anime or anybody to be in it, into anime, but when anime yes. is done is done right, it can be it can be fantastic and and you were ready to pony up the bucks because you feel like if he's going to watch an anime, the one that might be up his alley is probably castle in the sky. You feel,
1: I think that's the safest, uh, it's the safest pitch you could make. Mm. You wanted him to hit it. Well, I, I, this is a terrible analogy, but you, you know what I'm getting at? It's like the good, it's just very quintessentially Miyazaki. It's, it's very Western, very Spielberg influenced. Um, it's it's it, a lot of fun,
0: yeah, yeah, and it's potentially up his alley. This is a catered uh, pick. It, you wouldn't you wouldn't tell specifically anybody uh, Castle in the Sky. This is this Doesn't is like something you to
1: do episodes nine and ten of Puella Magi Madoka Magica,
0: and that's sure that's anime precisely. And uh, so this is this is tailored to John. You you know you sat and you thought about this for a couple minutes and or maybe hours. I don't know but you picked years. this one years years this is uh yeah this is going back i mean this has gone further back than i than i even thought but yes years you know decades of your life spent trying to figure out the perfect movie for John D'Amico to watch and and you chose it and i think John D'Amico, i think he owes it to you to watch it so i'm getting behind this campaign you got you got one signature from you How are you
1: not behind this campaign already you were... <laughs>
0: you're getting money to your patreon out of it <laughs> all right all right all right I was I was in all honesty I was I was behind this from the start I was trying to like encourage people to like you know those who haven't converted to the cause I was trying to it was almost like I was I was playing the uh, converted person you know but I, I've been I've been for this from the start I, I in full disclosure because you need full disclosure with any campaign. You know, you don't want people digging this stuff up later on and being like, "Hey, wasn't Cody for this from the start?" Yeah, I was from uh, for this from the start. And I apologize for ever pre- presenting myself in uh in a capacity where it seemed as though I was not for this from the start. I was I was always for this. Did I just save the campaign? You owe me an anime now, too. <laughs> oh my god. What well, Everybody you know owes what? Me anime. You know what would be great ammunition for this whole thing. Is if but. you recommended me an anime and I watched it before John even watched Castle in the Sky. Oh, man. So, um, you know what? I got
1: to think on what to throw at you.
0: You don't have to, you know, maybe by the end of the episode, we'll have it figured out. You don't have to pick it out now. Cool. But, yeah, that's what I want. I want I want an anime recommendation from you just to make John D'Amico look even worse for not watching your recommendation from months and months and months ago. Okay. All right. So... Tell us about this film that you watched that uh John D'Amico has been trying to get people to watch for, for yeah, ages.
1: It's fucking great. Title, um, what's the title again? Devil's Doorway. I kind of thought about maybe like, OK, it's this is how good the movie is. My original conception of calling John out was that I was going to be like, and now I'm never going to tell anybody about that movie until you watch the anime. But the movie's too good to just not talk about it. Like, yeah. I can't. I can't in good conscience let it go unspoken. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I've
0: I've yet to see it, but it's on my list because I'm yeah. I'm I'm adoring Anthony Mann's oh, man. westerns.
1: This Okay, in all fairness, I only have seen 3 Anthony Mann movies, but this one's up there
0: with Naked Spur for me. Goddamn. damn, like it's
1: Yeah, it's like at that same level.
0: It's the, Naked fucking, spur is my favorite. I I yeah. adore the Naked Spur. Naked
1: Spur also
0: great. Um, De- Devil's Doorway Damn, damn fine title. Yeah,
1: it's a great title. Uh, So there is one very big, unfortunate, glaring issue in it, which is that the main character is played by Robert Taylor in Brownface, which Mm. is not great. But the rest of the movie kind of forgives that. Um, The whole premise is that Robert Taylor is a Shoshan Indian, and he fights in the Civil War. And this is after the Civil War. He comes back. He's got a Medal of Honor. He's a war hero. And he comes back to his small town in Wyoming and like nobody's really that proud of him just largely because of racism. And they're very uh, resentful of the fact that him and his dad and I think I think it might be the whole tribe or I think it's just strictly him and his dad. But they own this very valuable piece of grazing land just to the side of the town. It's through like a pass in the canyon called Devil's Doorway. Mm. But they just, it's like the tribe lives on and owns this very valuable land that the rest of the, the white people in town want to get a hold of. So, yeah, there's some, there's some like really like, you know, just kind of like nasty racism going on in the town. And then this one lawyer kind of starts jumping through loopholes to try and get a hold of the land and like forcibly kick uh, the Shoshones off it because basically exploiting the fact that the government doesn't consider them human beings is how he is able to kick them off their own land. So left with nothing to do, uh, Robert Taylor turns to the only person in town who will help him who happens to be a female lawyer, which like nobody likes because she's a female lawyer. So the two of them have to try and work together to kind of try and outwit this uh, lawyer. And then at the same time, you got like folks just forcibly walking onto the Shoshin land and, and tensions get bad. And it's yeah, it's a great fucking movie, um, even divorced from like all of this like thematic stuff. There's some really amazing battle scenes, too, that are just, like, some of the best shot battle scenes I've seen in a Western. Wow. So, yeah, it's fucking great.
0: I'm I'm checking it out. I'm definitely yeah. going to check that out. It, I, like I said, it's on my list because uh, any Anthony man I've seen thus far has been tremendous. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, sure this one like, follows yeah, suit for Yeah, this is another, sure. like,
1: real good gold standard Anthony Mann. It's, it's completely solid through
0: and through. Nice. And if you're listening at home, you can... You can definitely just go through all of Anthony Mann's Westerns. Have a great time. Uh, I think uh, that that seems to be the consensus, whether it's me or or you or John D'Amico. Just Anthony Mann, Delmar Davies or Daves. I'm I'm never entirely sure which because it's spelled Daves, but I think it's Davies. But uh, there are these certain guys, Anthony Mann, Delmar Davies, just go through all of them. They're all damn good, those Westerns. All right. So we got a little bit of uh, current events, kind oh, of, yeah. you know, very current
1: within the past couple hours. Yeah. Right?
0: Just within the last hours, there's been the uh, the trailer for Justice League and the trailer for the uh, Wonder Woman standalone film. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz. I think the general consensus from, you know, civilians people is uh, they like it. They're, they're into both. Oh, no, I'm not. In, I'm not into either. And I don't. How do you feel? I'm kind of just, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that
1: Wonder Woman yet. I'm not like into it, but I'm also not against it in any fashion yet either. I'm just kind of like, uh, whatever.
0: Well, Uh, well, let's start start with Justice League then. Justice League, uh, you're, you're definitely not on board for, right?
1: No, because that trailer just so desperately reeks of like, hey, guys, we're not grim, dark, serious now. We're going to be funny. We're going to have a fun time, everybody. Come on. Yes. Come, come watch. Come like us. Please like us. It's
0: so fucking like cloying with that shit where it's like it, it, they're basically groveling to the fans. Yeah. And, and like everything seems so fake, like the way that he's uh, he's acting as Bruce Wayne. It, it's a little creepy. It's a little weird. And it's not like, uh, you know, it's not dark at all. The The trailer isn't dark at all, but it's just unnerving the uh, the hey, happy go lucky. I'm fun. Ben Affleck. Remember fun. Ben Affleck. It's like, yeah, I I wasn't that big a fan of fun. Ben Affleck. Yeah. You know, cool. fun, who enjoyed fun ben <laughs> Yeah, fun. Ben Affleck hasn't done, you know, all that great stuff. And it's just a weird vibe. And you watch that, and you got the fucking White stripe song behind it, and it feels a little Not just, forced. Oh, another weird thing with the music. So they open,
1: and they've got that, like, it's just so weird and rushed and doesn't play the way they intended, but they open with that, like, Aquaman telling a story in a bar or something, mm-hmm. and they've got that, like, cliched-ass, like, piano that they put at the front of trailers, now. That's just like, ding! Yeah, Ding. and then like, um, then it eventually kind of like swaps out because I guess Aquaman said a funny thing, but he didn't, right? And it's kind of like trying to just be like, oh, you thought this was another super serious trailer, but white stripes, Ugh.
0: yeah, they yeah, blast the white so, stripes, <laughs> and it's it's very Aquaman heavy, but very Aquaman heavy, but like one scene, like yeah, you you're watching a trailer and you understand that like ninety percent of what you're saying. With like Aquaman and like Bruce Wayne, it's it's like one scene in the whole goddamn movie. There's no Superman at all, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's devoid of that. There's like the cyborg guy, which I I don't even know who cyborg is. I'm not that deep into comics, but I I knew enough that that was his name. Uh, there's a little bit of him like later on, but mas- basically it's uh it's it's just. They're, they're pushing hard on Aquaman, I think because they know Game of Thrones so intensely successful, and people love that show, and people miss Cal uh, Drogo. So they're, they're just banking on that. I think that's what they think is, like, really going to put asses in seats.
1: Yeah. The first I heard about this trailer was uh, one of my friends... Because i I'd been sleeping all afternoon, so... <laughs> okay. But one of my friends uh, was talking about how... Uh, Ezra Miller, they tried to make him look as straight as possible.
0: Mm. It's
1: just like kind of like he's got a straight boy haircut.
0: No, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he, you know, he's he's not bad. It's just like a weird uh, take on The Flash. He's, of course, he's playing The Flash and we see one scene of The Flash and Bruce Wayne, like kind of having a little talky jokey joke.
1: Uh, it's just really obnoxious, like autistic spectrum dialogue. Yeah, they turn they turn
0: Flash into like this like kid who's like desperate for friends, yet he He's looks kind of like made over already, which is always weird in films. Like when they when they try and portray somebody as like nerdy and like awkward and and doesn't have any friends whatsoever. But like you look at his haircut and you're like, OK, you paid like one hundred dollars for that haircut and your duds are pretty good. You're you know, you're you're okay in the dud situation, but yeah. they're trying to make it like, Oh, he has no friends. And, and the only reason he signs up for the justice league, cause he wants some fucking friends. And that's like a little weird. Yeah. Uh, it's just bad. It's, uh, it's bad. It's, costuming. I think to... it's a bad take. It's like, he's supposed to be like the stand in for like a fan, I guess. Yeah. I think they're trying to
1: do what they're doing in civil war with Spider-Man, which to, to that movie's credit, that Spider-Man worked
0: pretty well. Like he's, he's a dork. Wasn't the whole thing that like his, his aunt was like hot?
1: Yeah, that's weird. That's that's hella weird that they like got Marissa Tomei as the aunt. That's like, yeah, yeah I that's kind of gross. I never saw but, a yeah. Civil
0: War, but I remember that complaint, which which really took me for a loop because I, I would I didn't see that coming. I didn't. Yeah, the
1: Spider-Man himself, he's just like this like 16 year old wispy voiced geek and he stays that way. Like when he gets into the costume and fights, he's not a badass. He's kind of just a dork. Yeah, that and he's works. He's not very good, and he kind of fucks things up, which is like adds to a lot of the fun of the the like big set piece they have in there.
0: So you got this very obvious: we need our Civil War Spider-Man with uh, yeah. Ezra Miller. Yeah, and it, it just seems weird. It seems arbitrary. It seems mm-hmm. very contrived. It seems like they're. It's just so blatant what they're going for. It doesn't seem natural. Um, I, I didn't. Uh, the trailer didn't make me want to see it. I I couldn't stand Batman v Superman. It definitely doesn't seem at all like Batman v Superman. But you got to remember, it's Zack Snyder. It's something they 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 all pretty much planned out, and it's probably it probably got heavily tooled, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure after <laughs> after that tanked after Batman v Superman tanked, I'm sure they they were like, all right, we need reshoots, reshoots, reshoots. We gotta make this more fun. Everybody's complaining about the darkness, etc. So we're, we're getting basically a movie that has like a lot of, uh, tweaks and that usually always fucks with, uh, pacing and it's like baby in the bathwater type thing where like, if you start throwing out like all the dark stuff, then sometimes, sometimes there's like gaps in like, all right, like, well, what, why did that person do that? Why did this? Cause you can't really, yeah. Yeah. it It's, it's going to be a struggle for them. I think, I think the finished product is going to be a little not fully cooked, <laughs> and, and we'll it, see what I happens. I hope there's
1: like still an extended murder Batman dream sequence in this like wacky superhero. Comedy. Right. Yeah.
0: It'd it's be funny if they there, just, yeah. they abandoned that altogether. Like they realized <laughs> like that didn't work at all. So suddenly Batman has like a uh, easy nights of sleep. Who knows? <laughs> Okay, so Wonder Woman. Now, I I care about Wonder Woman way more than I care yeah. about any of these other guys. I I love Linda Carter Wonder Woman. I love the original Wonder Woman comics. I'm a Wonder Woman fan. I have a you know in my head, I have the perfect like quote unquote reboot, reimagining mm-hmm. for Wonder Woman, which I I won't divulge because it's it's just so good that if I ever get the chance Someone to do it one day, it. We
1: can't yeah you can't put it
0: live. Yeah, I can't put it live on the air. I can't put it for all these. Uh, these people on the internet to steal. But yeah, I do have a perfect version of wonder woman in my head that I'm not revealing, but just trust me. Like you trust me, right? I'm a trustworthy man. Yeah. Yeah. You believe me. Yeah. I got, I got a good wonder woman take, but, uh, so I'm watching this new one, this, uh, trailer. It's not, it's not that it's, it's bad in the way that justice league is bad. Like it definitely feels like it's its own thing. It doesn't feel like, uh, as desperate, Justice As, yeah. Justice League feels feels desperate. Wonder Woman there there's a degree of confidence to uh, what they're trying to do, I would say
1: at that same time though I think that there's still kind of just a lot of like copying Marvel like they're trying to get that Captain America vibe.
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah. with the uh, war stuff which w- yeah. was my big issue with the trailer because the stuff I like from the old Wonder Woman and I'm talking mm-hmm. I'm talking about 40s here. Was uh, that it wasn't it wasn't a war story, even though it was taking place while a war was going on. You know, it wasn't battlefield stuff. It was I would relate it to Foyle's War, the the fantastic uh, BBC show okay. Foyle's War, where you've got a detective who's trying to be a detective while England is at war during mm-hmm. World War Two. So he's trying to like solve murders at home. And while while everybody around him is like, who cares about these fucking murders? We're getting bombed like left and right. Like yeah. I love that. I love that he's trying to have a murder mystery show essentially while the world is like ending around mm-hmm. him. Like he's he's trying to solve these cold cases, etc. It's a great, great premise, great show. Michael Kitchen is foil, tremendous. Cool. Anyway that's what I like about the original Wonder Woman comics is that like yeah there'll be there'll be stuff like that where the actual uh you know dealings with uh like it's all the bureaucracy and stuff of war yeah her her, her fighting on our front is more mm-hmm. it, it isn't like battlefield stuff because in the trailer you see a lot of battlefield stuff where she's like she's there in the trenches with all these dudes like in in full military attire and she's like mm-hmm running around and bombs are exploding and she's like attacking people. It's like she turns into this, this granted, you know, like an Amazon warrior, which kind of fits for the character. But I like the idea of her knowing her, her vast power in the comics, but kind of dialing it back being like a little bit unsure and, Mm -hmm. and taking care of things in a more um, secretive way. This this okay. feels she's very she's very overt in the trailer. Oh, she, she
1: fucking leaps out of the trenches and yeah. like knocks a, a grenade away with her shield.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't I don't like that. I like the idea where like you look know, she's she's never been anywhere like America before and she's a little unsure. I think that works. I I think her like doling out her being awesome works better just as a first film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it just works better. And I don't. I I just hate the imagery of her on the front lines of an actual battle. I think it's just, I think it's wrong. I think it's incorrect.
1: Yeah. It, like, you know, I didn't know enough about Wonder Woman to like really, I didn't even know that she was involved in World War One. So I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, I'm guessing there's a precedent for this, but I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. not, it's not saving Private Ryan, you know, those comics. You're not flipping through like, a bunch of pages of just like people getting their legs blown off or whatever. So yeah, you, I, I would encourage those who are wondering how they feel about the Wonder Woman trailer, go back and read like the first couple Wonder Woman comics. You'll, you'll definitely see what I mean and you'll see how like you could have done something period, but just like a little bit better. Like, I, you, do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah, so yeah. hard to explain to anybody who hasn't actually read the comics. Cause a lot of it is just aesthetic. And a lot of it is just like these very minor details that, that, change it tremendously but as somebody who hasn't read those comics what's your takeaway are you excited for it
1: not really i mean again it's kind of like if i i I, like i said i presume that there was a precedent for her being involved in world war one but like at the same time it was just like yeah but this is just captain america like I don't I don't know how it goes in the comics but like it feels like with the movies they're just going to get stuck putting her in that same bench of like oh I can't you know she's like a fucking tolkien elf like Captain America is yeah.
0: like Well I should say in the age when everyone else does The comics are during World War II. Okay. Yeah. The what they're doing they're they're making a World War I for whatever reason.
1: Probably so it isn't so obvious.
0: Yeah. And I think yeah. it would just been a little it a little weird to have her on the front lines of World War II. I think there's a lot of you know very depressing, sensitive stuff that it would be hard to avoid. You know, World War II is so uh, dour in our minds, whereas even though we learn about World War One like in schools, like it just doesn't have that same like uh, immediate uh, depressive connotation. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know why they did it, but whatever and i I just don't see people getting like super duper excited for this one i don't I yeah, don't see it being like, like a runaway hit I think it'll probably be like a you know an 80 85 percenter on Rotten tomatoes I think it'll be like one of those ones are like yeah it was it was all right yeah so I think that's its destiny I think Justice league um what what would you predict for Rotten Tomatoes for Justice League ooh because that could go that could go either way
1: yeah it depends on how
0: easily people see through the veil on that one a lot of people are going to be really happy that it's not batman v superman true true so i would i would say like 75 my gut says like 75 76 Mm -hmm. i think that's about where it will end up and i think wonder woman probably 83 85 yeah and we can we can obviously we can go back to this once they're actually out and see who got it right but what would would be your prediction I'd say 65, like it's just going to barely make their fresh rating or whatever. On Justice League? Yeah. And what about Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, I think you're right, about 85 probably. Yeah, it just seems about where it would end up. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with uh, more show. So uh, see you soon.
2: And now, Smug Film presents Robot Reenactments. You shouldn't be sorry. You're a winner. I'm the fucking loser. I'm the one who should be sorry. Baby, don't talk that way. Can we just go, please? Can we go? Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm gonna ask you a simple question, and I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. This has been a robot reenactment. Now, back to the show.
1: Hello, Smug Film fans. Leave us a question or a comment for Smug Film to play on the show by calling the following voicemail number 718 395 9711. Once again, that's 718 395 9711. We look forward to hearing from you, you lovely, lovely people.
2: Hello, I am the Hunky Smug Film sponsor, Plug Man. I'm here to tell you about the fine people who support the Smug Film podcast through Patreon. You all should check out Bobby Slow on Twitter, he's a very funny and good man who tweets funny and good things and is worthy of your love. And he has a really good Twitter ratio of followers to following. That's impressive. Once again, that's Bobby, Slow, on Twitter. You should also check out Minor Key Games. Go on over to MinorKeyGames.com and check out these awesome computer games made by David and Kyle Pittman. Two brothers that make great video games with an old school feel. Cody hates new video games for the most part, but he enjoys the heck out of these. Once again, that's MinorKeyGames.com. Also, be sure to check out Room Full of Spoons. Rick Harper's documentary about the cult classic film *The Room*. It's a great documentary that we all love here at Smug Film, and go to RoomFullOfSpoons.com to find out when it's coming to your city. Thank you for listening to my hunky voice, and thank you all who had donated to the show. And if you would like to be plugged on the show, please head on over to Patreon.com/SmugFilm and donate. And now back to the episode. <coughs> All
0: right, and we are back. So, uh, Carl, you saw Star Trek Beyond, which I'm really curious about because the posters have been fantastic. Yeah. I think those have been gorgeous. I like the first uh, Star Trek. I didn't have any interest in seeing Into Darkness because I saw, basically, I saw the posters. I saw the response Mm -hmm. it was getting. It just didn't seem up my alley. Um, And this one... You made the right choice. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think uh, history has proven me... uh, Right on on skipping that one, but uh, this this new one does intrigue me because it seems like a little bit closer to the fun of that first one. Mm-hmm. And it is um, overall, I think it's
1: kind of it's it's fine. It's hitting par. Like it's uh, it's not great, but it's good. It's sufficiently Star Trekky enough. It's sufficiently fun. Even if it was a lot worse than it was, just the like, just the theory and the application of theory, like the approach to it is like. 10 times better than into darkness. And I take this over into darkness any day.
0: Mm. And does it, does it live up to the posters is is my real question. I would say,
1: I would say no, but that's like, not, it's a slight, no, you know, it's like just a very, it, 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 it gets pretty close to living up to the posters and then doesn't quite clinch it. Is it, um, is it colorful? Yeah. Yeah. Very colorful. Like you got all the certs, of course, there's parts of it that like aren't maybe as colorful, but it's it's depends on what locale they're in, you know. I wish one of these movies would just commit to doing the straight up like TOS show colors. That would be right? fan fucking tastic. Come
0: on. Yeah. But I, I think I think people would be really into that too. Yeah. I think uh I think people are sick of, you know, you know, we, we didn't even touch on this, but the the color in Justice League and Wonder Woman, yeah. yeah. It's really bad. It, this is not a good time for uh, color timing in film. I mean, there's there's desaturated stuff that's gross. There was uh, There's a lot of blue stuff in the Wonder Woman one, which really bugged me, like underworld level, uh, like blue stuff, where it's like, <laughs> why is anybody even doing that anymore? I thought we'd learned from the mistake of doing that. I thought we were over that. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, it's just a bad time for color, man. And when I saw the posters for Star Trek Beyond, I was like, all right, somebody's understanding that color is fun mm-hmm. to play with. That's part of why I adore uh, Batman and Robin, because that was like, yay, color is fun. For for all the reasons people don't like that movie, and, you know, fine. I, I totally get why people don't like that movie. I, I happen to love it. I love that, that poster where it's just you see the, the bursts of color, and I love mm-hmm. you see you see so much color in that film. And I, I saw those posters for Star Trek Beyond. They said, great. Somebody gets it. Color. Yep. Color sells. People enjoy things. And what, what's that line from uh, Fuck? Where the guy's like, make it in color. The people love color. That. Fuck. It's a guy talking to uh, some Unreal. guy talk, talking to some other guy who's going to make a film. And his advice is like, make it. Oh, shit. It's in the muse. You ever see the Muse, the Albert no, Brooks movie? Oh, I'm going to watch all those. You got it. On you got now. to blow yeah. through all the Albert Brooks now. I've it's, seen Lost in America before, but none of the others. That's my favorite is Lost in America. I adore that one. Um, but in the Muse, Muse is like considered like a minor org of his. I think all his stuff is good. And and there's a great part where he, fuck, how do I tell this without ruining it? Okay, I figured that. Stephen Wright has like a uh, cameo as like a character, basically mm-hmm. not playing himself. He's just he's in it for a short amount of time. He's Stephen Wright. He's talking like Stephen Wright, etc. And he's giving advice to Albert Brooks about uh, this film that Albert Brooks wants to make. He's a screenwriter. And he, he's like, can I give you some advice? Make it in color. The people love color. <laughs> Which is one that's, of my- that's a
1: great Stephen Wright line. Like I could just hear Stephen Wright saying that.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a. I didn't do it justice, of course, but it, it's a line that like bubbles up in my head from time to time. I adore that line. So yes, make it in color, yeah. folks. That's my, uh, that's my advice. So yeah, and like the color, like I guess like pretty much
1: like everything in that movie. When they manage to use it correctly, it's really great, and then that happens sparingly, mm. um, which is a lot of the things in Beyond. But like, still, like it's it's a sufficient movie. It's not uh, my only major gripe with it. I think was that um, Idris Elba, who's the villain, his whole backstory is held off for a really long time, and it's uh, when you eventually find out what it is, it's pretty satisfying. But like. Up until that point, you're like, why the fuck do I care about this guy? Mm. And like, by extension of not giving a shit about him, you don't really give much of a shit about them fighting him. Right. But like, you know, it's got its moments. They This is finally the fucking of the three, the three movies. This is the one that fucking figured out what to do with McCoy. And like, turns out it was just use them like they did in the show. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Holy shit.
0: Turns out they yeah. figured that out uh, yeah. when they first did it. <laughs>
1: it wasn't even like any of those episodes where like he stood in as the voice of conscience over a moral dilemma. It's just like knowing that is like a core piece of McCoy's character and then just having him be himself throughout the course of the movie and have lines that are funny McCoy lines. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Just have him be who he is. (laughs) Yeah. All of Justin Lin's stuff about like the crew working together as a team is great. Mm. Um, like, I think one of my favorite things is that they have this whole big, like, block of, like, Star Trek science exposition they got to drop. And what he does is he has each person say, like, one sentence from it. Like, they're having this ongoing conversation. They're like a hive mind putting together the solution all together at once. So it's like, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then Sulu would be like, oh, just like such and such. And then, yeah. you know Nice. So it's, it's kinda, a
2: sense of togetherness. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool.
1: That so, stuff all works pretty great. Um, there's this really audacious gag that I won't spoil that like a lot of people hate, but I thought was the best part of the movie because <laughs> hmm. it's just such a, it's such a purely Star Trekky idea that gets pulled off. How did it go down in the theater when you saw it? Uh, I mean, the theater for the most part was kind of sparse. We, I, My friend and I went to a Friday matinee and he uh. and I laughed at it, but like everybody else, it was kind of just like, eh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was like any hardcore Trek nerds in that Either,
0: though so now you know. you're you're basically the guy i wanted to hear about uh star trek beyond for him because i've been thoroughly enjoying your star trek stuff on twitter i yeah. think i think a lot of I've people have been thoroughly
1: have. enjoying watching star trek yeah, yeah.
0: i mean you and and when it's bad you you get through it somehow because you're <laughs> you know you're crack- <laughs> because
1: i've gone through a lot of shit you're of cracking
0: life. you're cracking a lot of twitter jokes and and taking screen caps when it's bad and you're it's like, even though I'm not watching them with you, when you whenever you're doing that, I like scrolling through the pictures and seeing your little funny, funny captions and whatnot. I think at some point in
1: season three, John asked to see like where I was. Like he's like, Can you just send me like an episode list of what you have left to watch? And I sent him like a screenshot of like wherever I was, and he just saw all the upcoming episodes and was like, I don't know how you're gonna get through that. I'm like, buddy. <laughs> I've watched all of Doctor Who. I've been through some real trenches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he he I don't think he's even cracked open Doctor Who, John D'Amico. I don't blame him. Yeah.
1: I've told him a bunch about it and he's like, it's kind of piqued his interest, but like the hard thing about getting people into Doctor Who is there's no, and like, this is part of what I love about it too, is there's no solid consensus on any of it. Right, like There's some yeah. general agreement, like pretty much everyone agrees Tom Baker was the best doctor. Yeah, I love, um,
0: I love the Tom Baker stuff. I like, I don't like any of the new reboot, like from like when it was, uh you know, the short haired yeah. dude onward. I don't, I don't. I like a handful of that, but I don't yeah, gel with any of it up and down. I like the whole episodic thing where it's like five, four or five parts, like each story. Like I like that. I don't like this whole like one hour self-contained thing. It, it yeah. bugs me. It, and it that's the challenge with Doctor Who is that um, it doesn't feel like Doctor Who to me when it does that. Oh, man, I,
1: I still like it. I kind of like it because there are. Up through the third doctor, they were doing like six-part serials, which were the biggest fucking slog on the earth. And like the four-part serials tend to work a bit better. Um, But on the whole, you're kind of just cutting those stories down to like the bare essentials, which I think makes them work a lot better generally. But that's not always the case. Yeah.
0: See, I don't mind when they don't work well because I like the cliffhanger aspect. (laughs) I think that's what really what I dig most about is like it almost becomes like a soap opera where yeah, you're, like, you're watching yeah. for a certain amount of time, and then, oh, you my God. The, have you seen the seventh
1: episode? <laughs> the, the the very infamous seventh Dr. Cliffhanger? No. You know about this? Okay. I don't think so. So, uh, or, oh, uh, man, I'm going to get way off track here. Okay, very quick, what I was going to make a point was that it's impossible to curate Dr. Who for anybody and say, here's some ones you should check out, because inevitably, everybody's opinion is different. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tell people to watch certain ones because you like them, they might be missing out on something they're going to love that, like, you didn't really care for. Right. And, like, it's really hard to. Doctor Who's different for everybody. So that makes it hard to, like, you're either all in or you aren't. Anyway, this, the deal with the seventh Doctor is that um, the dude who had been running this show, I think he'd been running it for like 15 years at this point. And he had already kind of tried to make it his own thing and failed miserably and just didn't care anymore. Mm. Um, and for the all three seasons that you had the Sylvester McQuay or a doctor, the show was in Matthew Andrew being canceled at the end of the season. So there's just this very like fuck it attitude. And it, it leads to like some of the most interesting serials in the entire run, um, because they just kind of dig whatever. Uh there's one that's like almost the plot of uh the Judge Dread movie, but like set in the eighties with punks. Huh. Um that one's kind of cool. Um anyway, the very infamous cliffhanger is that there's an episode where he's like on an ice planet or something and he steps out to the, like the edge of a cliff and then just for no fucking reason crouches down, crawls over and hangs off the edge of the cliff and then it cuts to credits. And like just just like <laughs> for absolutely like there's no purpose for him doing it. That's he beautiful. just does it. Yeah.
0: I, I have to see that. I gotta watch that whole one.
1: Yeah, if you like that one, I'll have to I'll figure out which one it is, but like if you like that the whole like Sylvester McGuire is just like a goofy not giving a fuckness. Yeah, I've only
0: like, really delved into Baker and I, I I've liked a lot of what I've seen from that area. There, I mean there's junky ones too, but there's oh, yeah, there's a ton of good stuff. So where are you at with Star Trek now? You're you're in animated stuff now? I am a couple episodes into animated. uh um, I really you digging enjoyed
1: it? I like it so far. Um, It's kind of cool that they're just getting to do these ideas they didn't have the budget for in the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed the yesteryear one where Spock goes back to his childhood.
0: Have you seen that one? I haven't seen any of the anime.
1: Oh, man. Okay, that second episode is pretty solid. Like That, I feel, is like an essential Star Trek episode. Oh, wow. Um, It served as a lot of the plot basis for that first J.J. Abrams movie,
2: but Mm -hmm. it's
1: kind of the same idea that like Spock's getting bullied as a kid. They accidentally create a time error where spock is no longer the first captain on the enterprise and like only kirk remembers him so they're like uh we need to send you back in time to fix this so like spock has to go back in time and save himself from getting killed by monsters on the planet vulcan um he has this dope ass uh pet called uh i don't remember the thing's name i waska
0: yeah That's it. Ayahuasca, the uh, psychotropic uh, substance. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like a bear animal and it's fucking awesome. And I can't remember its name and I feel bad because it's a very, it's a very good character.
0: Anyway, that's a very solid episode. That's cool to hear. That's cool to hear that like, it's not just novelty, you know, like you, the animation is complete garbage. Yeah. Like,
1: but it's good good that it's not
0: like, uh, you know, yeah you're just watching it to make fun of it like there's actually yeah. something something good going on there that episode is also written by dc
1: fontana who's the show's woman writer, and she wrote a bunch of the spock episodes so she's got like a bunch of the vulcan lore down pat nice so that's like i think this was like an idea she wanted to do that they couldn't do with money or time or something so she yeah that's what it sounds like out. yeah some animated scripts yeah
0: so uh what's the verdict on on star trek beyond i want you to give a number ranking for uh, i mean a number rating for for all three
1: all three um i'd say on a scale of 10 i'd put the first one at a well a is a letter a a ain't a number all right i'm gonna be eh, no let's say seven that's a seven which to me that's pretty good like seven solid I would say seven Into two darkness, for that one, yeah. Into Darkness, I'd put it a three. Ooh, wow. First act. Yeah. I'm glad it's, I skipped that one. Yeah, it's bad. The first act is like fucking solid. And then once you realize that they're just imitating Space Seed and Wrath of in like really shitty ways, then like it just gets bad. And mm. uh, there's a I don't know if I've bitched about this on the show before, but I'm convinced that they like added the, the spa- a spaceship crash to the end to make it more compelling because <laughs> <laughs> immediately after that, it goes into this really boring foot chase in a completely different part of the city. So I well, think yeah. they had the spaceship crashing in post. Hmm. Um, anyway, and then beyond, I would put it like a six.
0: Okay. So oh. uh, like a good summer matinee yeah. movie. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Just, just completely. It's not bad. Could be better, but
1: it like, it's, it's passable. Nice. Yeah.
0: All right. There's so this, I, I I may I see it. I may see it. I I don't know yet, but I'm, I'm leaning towards maybe. Yeah. So before we close out, tell me what's, what's the animated I should watch.
1: Well, uh, what do you like? What are some of your favorite animes? I, uh,
0: you know what I really liked from like a couple of years back was, Mm -hmm. uh, from up on Poppy Hill. That, that Ghibli one, I thought that was really good. Uh I like, I like some of the Miyazaki stuff. Some of it's like, I hate, I hate like surreal stuff for surreal's sake. And some of it feels a little bit like that. Like, uh, Uh Spirit Away is gorgeous, but there's stuff in it where it's like, all right, you're just being weird. Um, I like I like Cowboy Bebop. Oh, the, okay. There's a um, anime, I think it's called like an O V A. Is that the term?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of like a I don't really know what it is exactly, but it's yeah. kind of just like a TV pilot well, similar
0: I like, deal. I like Hikaru No Go, which was about this kid who plays the Japanese board game Go. And mm-hmm. he gets really good because he has this, like, ghost that's telling him where to move the stuff on the board. Guys, I'm, I'm oh. a big fan of the board game Go, so that okay. was my way into that. I like that a lot. I like Gundam Wing. Gundam <laughs> Wing's good. So wh- wh- what would you pick for me? So if you're a fan of Cowboy
1: Bebot, definitely watch Space Dandy, which is one of my favorite, like, anime Ever that came out in the past couple of years. You know, you're not um, the
0: first person to, uh, beg me to watch space. Gan- it's, space it's the
1: same dude. It's Shinichiro Watanabe. It's the same setup where like you have 26 episodes total. And then, um, all, but like the last one are kind of just standalone stories that mm-hmm. like various people are doing um, and like out of those twenty six, I think there's one definably bad episode, and the rest are all really good. Well, that's
0: better than Cowboy um, Bebop. I think there's yeah. like a, there's like a couple bad Cowboy Bebops. So and like it's
1: all average. it's like it really hits this great stride of being kind of like a ton in cheek, kind of a Cowboy Bebop parody, but like mm. not in a way that's obnoxious or winking. It's still completely its own thing. Um, yeah, and like the very first. The, the opening credits of the show, the very first thing the narrator says every time is space dandy is a dandy in space. And that is the entire premise of the show. <laughs> He's an alien bounty hunter. There's a um like a library of alien species and they pay people to go find new species to bring back to be put in the library so they can study them.
0: Oh, that's pretty And it's cool. like they're
1: not locked up in the library. It's like you bring this alien back and then they'll be like, yeah, hey, okay, here's your registration card. You can come back, blah, blah, blah. We'll come visit your planet, Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's him. He has a robot and then there's an alien that looks like a cat. And it's the three of them. And they never actually successfully catch an alien. It's just them having like goofy space adventures. Yeah, it's I'm, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm on yeah. board.
0: Don't tell me too much because I want to want to be surprised by the space dandy so i, w- I will definitely actually check that out. i'll check out yeah. at least the first episode or i whatever. think you'll
1: enjoy that yeah if you like cowboy bebop it's like the goofier continuation of that
0: cool cool all right man <laughs> good talking to you as always thank you yeah. all for listening and thank uh you for putting up with our terrible digressions about jennifer connelly vape tricks <laughs> yeah well i i like things to be explained you know, I've decided I think it, I think it's better to explain it because, yeah. you know, there's some fan out there that was racking their brain, I'm sure. And now now that fan has has answers, even if it's only one fan out there that was racking their brain. I think it's worth it just for uh, just for that one person. So thank you all for listening. See you soon. Bye bye.